You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Shine football fans, welcome to morning. <laughs> hey, hey, it's halfway through the we're week. We're here. We're really doing it, guys. Happy Wednesday. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor. We've got Alexis Guerreros at the desk and a very special day because Lola Bonta of the KC Current is here with us today. The Selly Queen yes. herself is gracing us with her presence. Lo, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I didn't know if I'd make the cut from last time, so it's good to be back. We're absolutely thrilled to uh, to have you. How's your how's your off season been? Off season, you know, I've been in full wag mode up until this last uh-huh. weekend with oh, sporting we're in Houston. Talk about that. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been great, and I think finally now, you know, my husband being off, we're gonna enjoy some time until you know the new coach kicks us into gear. I, how does it, what does off season like typically look like? Do you, are you able to kind of let go and just not think about soccer or is it kind of one of these things where it's just still always front of mind? For me, I completely forget about all of it. And we usually, we're fortunate enough that we're able to travel in the off season being, you know, playing through the kind of fall winter time. We're like, let's get out of here. We leave the country. We go to tropical places, except this year we're going to Welsh so, or Wales. So mm, sounds so tropical fun. heaven. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. fun. Won't be getting any color. But, you know, it's we completely shut off. But then once we come back, we're back to business and we're working hard. So it's Ooh. good to get away. For those of you who some game by any chance? Oh, that Possibly, would be Possibly. Hey. You know, I Ooh. always say I'm all for free tickets. So whoever's offering, See, Lo, I'm there. I'm I'm also <laughs> Open for free time. <laughs> um, for, for those of you who don't know, obviously, Roger Spinoza is your husband. You just said at this point in the last couple of weeks you were able to go into wag mode. Does he ever go into bah mode? Bah mode. Yeah, I don't know what you call it from that side because for me, Roger, since day one, before we were dating, when they had a team in Kansas City, he was the first sporting player to be at the games, to be supporting all the time. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why I fell on him. He's been a huge advocate for women's soccer since day one. And, yeah, he's just my little fanboy, according to my IG stories. So yeah, I love that. Uh, no, Roger's a he's an OG. We yeah. love him. Even though he's probably sleeping right now, but he'll get the rerun. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. that's what the rear are, yeah. are for. Shouts to VOD. <laughs> Allows a lot of my comedian friends to see the show today. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't Life waking changer. up. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Um, all right, guys, should we get into uh, some of yesterday's Champions League okay. action? Match mm-hmm. day five kicked off on Tuesday. Here are the results from yesterday. Uh, Shakhtar Denex 1-0 over Royal Antwerp. That keeps them alive. We've got Barcelona getting the 2-1 win over over Porto. Lazio punched their ticket to the round of 16 after a 2-0 win 
over Celtic. Uh, Borussia Dortmund 3-1 over AC Milan. Manchester City, a come-from-behind 3-2 win over RB Leipzig. They're also in the round of 16. Um, and then PSG News- Newcastle, a 1-1 draw. So let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about Group F. Group of death, as they say. (laughs) This group is wild, though, especially after yesterday's results. And we're going to start with that PSG-Newcastle match because uh, Newcastle took a 1-0 lead in the first half after an ESOC goal. And you just saw, I mean, it kind of took the air out of the the place at Parc de Prince. And the amount of chances that PSG squandered in this match. I I just, I had this thought. I was like, is this going to be, is this just Newcastle's day where it was like Mbappe was was missing shots and Dembele were, were, was missing in front of the box. And you just thought that maybe, maybe it was going to happen for, for Newcastle. Alas, um, it did not because there was a very, very controversial handball called. Here's a look at it. This is literally in stoppage time. This is gut-wrenching if you're a Newcastle fan. <sighs> so this result, by the way, was amazing for Milan. Had PSG won and they had a chance after they scored this penalty kick, Milan would have been out. Yeah. But let's uh, stay on this because I, I don't agree with what went down. So a, a lot of people didn't. Um, and Christina Uncle came on the post-game coverage and had this to say about this call. You mentioned a silhouette, et cetera, outside, and this is a natural running motion. However, where interpretation and the application is trying to get away from being subjective and being more objective when we're applying the handling offense, which is coming out with these harsh decisions that people and the football community and the people out here do not like, and it's not on the referees in the sense of this, we are required to apply this at this point. To this point, with the Football Advisory Board has specifically said in March they're going to provide another clarification because we have gone too objective with the handling offense and it creates harsh decisions such as this one. So this is going to get changed. You think next season that won't be a penalty? I think next season they're going to end up interpreting and saying when we're talking about natural, taking in these and maybe adding proximity as well as deflection back into the analysis because those two are out and that's what's creating these harsh uh, analysis. Interesting stuff. That doesn't. That still doesn't alleviate how frustrating it is as a fan, even an impartial or neutral fan, to see something like that and to think, well, if you know that's kind of a, and it's not a direct interpretation, right, Nico? You kind of looked up what the, the rule is, and it's not as cloudy. So uh, there was a panel mm-hmm. in April with former coaches, former players um, that UEFA congregated, and then with that information, decided to advise referees. This is only in April. And it says, no handball offense should be called on a player if the ball is previously deflected from his own body, and in particular, when the ball does not go towards goal. I don't know if we can Both see those the handball again. So, mind you, that rule that it's not a handball, that the ball deflects off your body, you can and see then it right his here. hand, that got scrapped off, off of his chest a couple of and then off his years arm, ago. And not heading in the direction of the goal. But when... The UEFA panel is putting out a statement advising referees to call, call the ball in a certain, to call the no handball in a certain way. To me, that is under all of the requisites that you need. And this was, this is crazy. Like, what is this? Like, I, I felt like I'm seeing a player, for example, I was doing the Golasso show, I'm seeing a player like Freddie Jumberg, so much experience mm-hmm. in international football like this, frankly, losing his mind. He, he said, I'm starting to give up. 
And we're getting to that point. And, and now with, with FIFA and IFAB doing the sin bins, players removed from the game for 10 minutes for dissent, we're, we're, I'm telling you again, we've had this conversation. We are going down a slippery slope. From a player's perspective, oh. Lo, how frustrating. And before like, we started, you said you loved this, It is so fresh. I mean, fortunate for me, I'm in the midfield, so I'm not in these situations a lot of the time. But throughout the year in the NWSL, we've, the refs have met with the captains. We've gone over it. I've tried to explain to the defenders natural versus unnatural. Who am I to say what is natural for you or not? Who are they to say? And that's... It's so hard for me, especially at that, the ball being passed backwards. It's not going to goal. When you're in these moments and the ref is going to determine the game right there, it's so hard from the player's side. Like, we've, we've been running this whole time, and you're telling me you're going to give them that right there. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. And as a defender, you know, do you just let the pass back then? Do you just stop your goal? Do you put your hands behind your back and say, just dribble, good luck, keeper? It's the most frustrating thing and with oh, how great this is referees can manipulate the game to their liking and those are harsh words but they're the only outcome that this is making me think is that oh there's oh there's a handball maybe this can go PS, PSG's way because if you understand the the advice that was brought mm-hmm. down from from that UEFA panel in April this doesn't classify as a handball and i'm hearing Former players talk about it. I'm hearing former coaches talk about it. I'm hearing players now talk about it. And the beauty of football, PSG, did they deserve to win? Yeah. What was their XG? 2.9 something, something absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had zero goals. And Newcastle's XG was 0.05. But football, this is not, this is, it's, football, it's called football for a reason. It's not called XG. Mm-hmm. You have to score the goals. And yeah. that's the beauty of the sport. Yeah. And Newcastle was hanging on for their dear life oh, for a God, point that were, would have been good for three <laughs> they points. They were so been gassed. Yeah. I mean, look, it that. was, from their perspective, I think they had 20-something percent possession. It was not a fun match if you're a Liverpool fan to watch. That must have been Newcastle. Just, sorry, uh, Newcastle. <laughs> that must have been, I know, right? The <laughs> Liverpool and Champions League. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're a Newcastle fan, you might, that must have been a gut-wrenching 90 minutes. Devastating. And then to see it end that oh. way, especially mm. for Nick Pope, you brought up XG. Oh, Based on so XG, good. he saved 2.48 <laughs> goals. Well, That's great. Just, I mean, he stood on his head. What a performance. I know. And then for it to end this way, especially when the advice has been brought down that it's specifically not to do the, th- the two things that he said that, uh, that, that, that happened shouldn't count as a penalty is so frustrating, which I brings know. up the question, how often are referees being, I guess, updated or reminded of these suggestions by IFAB? And I hate that I have to use all that terminology, but how often are they saying, what are the odds that he went up to the, to the, to the screen and didn't remember that? I don't know. Were they told that in their ear? No, no what I'm saying I, is these are so, questions that have to yeah. be answered where this VAR should have made things easier. And I do believe in the technology. I believe that it makes the game better because it makes it even and it takes away that, oh, maybe they're just trying to get this I team agree, to win. But when it's not applied it's properly, not applied properly. you start to be skeptical mm-hmm. about the transparency of it all. Like, it's just you get to the monitor and you're like, okay, how can this be called a handball? Yeah. Mm. Low, as a player, would it help? If the stadium heard what was being said between the ref and the VAR? You know, I, 
I think it would probably definitely start some discussion and maybe upward when you're hearing that, you know, as the stadium. As a player, you kind of look to each other and you're like, come on, surely they're seeing it. So maybe as a player, it'd be nice, like, hey, huddle up, let's hear someone put the speaker on. I don't know about the fans because, you know, it's a different game when you're in the field versus when you're in the stands. But I definitely think as a player, it would be good to hear because sometimes they come out and they just blow the whistle and it's play on. Mm. And you're like, what happened? What was the Mm. discussion? But this, to be honest, this ref, I think, had a pretty good game the entire game. He, he refed the World call. Cup final. He called, he called a handball in the World Cup final, which was a handball, the one on, on Montiel that gave France their third penalty kick. He had a, a, a soft penalty kick, in my opinion, that went for Argentina, the first one. But this is an elite referee, one of the best in UEFA. But that call, when it's so gray like that, And this is what leads people to believe that there's a script, you know, or that certain teams, they want certain teams to win. Not specifically the refs, but overall. How can you not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I walk away saying, okay, I I see why you believe that. And it's going to be hard to convince you that that's not true. Right. Referees are there to be policemen. And I go back, for example, when when, (laughs) they're they're supposed to be policemen for the game. They're supposed to usher the game in the way that it's supposed to be without having an impact. I go back to the Mexico-Honduras game from CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. If you're being super rigorous with a time added on, with the goalkeeper coming off the line, but then CONCACAF has told you to implement uh, anti-homophobia protocol when the fans are doing it and they're blaring out music, what, you're going to be super rigorous with that, but then not apply the mm. protocol yeah. because you didn't want to? Then that's being a bad policeman. That's like saying, all right, you can pass a red light, but you can speed 45 miles per hour, right? Um, it, it just, it, 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 there needs to be parity in, in, in all of this. So, just more questions have more been questions. Asked after yesterday. Getting so. into some social I justice know. issues. I know. We do it all on morning, yes. Tony Low. Man, also, we don't shy away from it. We drive 45 miles over the speed <laughs> limit. It's a good cop. Uh, so, uh, Nico <laughs> mentioned it. The 1-1 the result, obviously, Kylian Mbappe nails his penalty. Uh, that ends in a 1-1 draw. Here's a look at the Group F table as it stands right now after yesterday's results. So, Dortmund get the 3-1 win over AC Milan. They're sitting on top of the group. They clinch a spot in the round of 16. And when you look at the rest of the group, I mean, there's still so much to, to play for. Dortmund, um, they want to clinch that top spot. So their next match um, against PSG at Dortmund Ooh. is going to be incredibly interesting. And Newcastle then host AC Milan at St. James's Park, which sets up um, what I think is going to be a, a pretty epic battle there. But let's chat a little bit about Dortmund. I, I mean, we have to give them so much credit because I think when we saw the group of death come out and that draw, I don't think anybody really expected Dortmund to be the team that was sitting on top of the table at this point low. But, but here they are. What have they done well? Well, that this first goal right here, though, the whole buildup, the little touches, the technical side, this is what you love about this team and I think that's why they're doing so well and I rightfully so I don't know I don't care for any of these teams personally I'm not a fan of either of them but this is why they're at the top right they deserve it and I'm a huge fan of this team right now just because what they're doing in the soccer world it's wild 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 uh group of f group of death definitely living up to the name in this one. Absolutely. It's been so much fun. In Dortmund, they didn't start Julian Brandt. We were talking about their talisman. We said, who's their, who's, their, who's their breakaway player? Who's the player that could, that game changer? We couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and, and we said Julian Brandt. He wasn't I there. Julian Brandt <laughs> didn't, didn't even start. I don't know. Did he even come in? Said, yeah, he came in for Royce with 10 minutes to go. 
It's crazy. Babe, by no Gittens has been great. And, and Adeyemi came on. Adeyemi hadn't been playing well all season long in the score. Different it, players are stepping up at different times. Hey, it's a team. by committee. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And for AC Milan, team. What a goal, though, for him. His first goal. There you go. For the club. We'll give, give him, him, him that. Flowers. We'll give him that. Give him some flowers, though. All right, guys, uh, we are going to take a quick break. Ali Trost Martin's going to be back with some headlines when we return. Stick around. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's hard to figure out what's the low point for U.S. soccer in the mid-1980s. It was a joke. For decades, the U.S. cannot for their lives qualify to a World Cup. Yeah, it's true. I live in America, believe me. The USA players were a bunch of amateurs and semi-professionals. Things really needed to change. We want to be the first team to qualify in 40 years. Odds were stacked against us. The whole world's like, come on, you're American. Put some shoulder pads on. Put a helmet on. Everyone knew that Trinidad and Tobago was going to embarrass big bad United States and get to the 1990 World Cup. We were carrying the weight of American soccer on our shoulders. Everything was on the line on that day. That moment alone changed the trajectory of soccer in the United States. Well, plenty of big announcements coming out of Miami yesterday, including the latest in the Paramount Plus documentary library, The Billion Dollar Goal, focuses on the biggest game-changing moment in American soccer history, one that hasn't been celebrated until now. The Billion Dollar Goal premieres on Paramount Plus on Monday, December 11th. The three-part docuseries includes firsthand accounts from several of the players who pulled off that epic upset. Plus, in one of the last interviews, the late Grant Wall provides historic perspective as he only could. Um, I actually watched this last night. Oh. First of all, cameos from... 
these two lovely gents right here. Uh -huh. Are you guys the former players? Yes. Uh, yes. When they said these guys can't win anything, they put right the camera right on me. Uh, both of you were fantastic. Really, really Thank added uh, some some great flavor and color to to this documentary. It was it was so interesting though because I think when we talk about the history of soccer in in this country. This documentary made you realize how young we are as mm -hmm. a, a soccer nation and how far we've come in a very short time. And also the conversation, typically when you think about, especially the MLS and NWSL, you look at the 1994 World Cup and, and that kind of gets so much shine and, and gives so much credit to, to the growth of the game. But the night qualifying for the 1990 World Cup and that goal is, I, I, I didn't really have that much context on it. And so it was really, really cool to kind of hear the story from the guys that were on the pitch in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was fantastic. It's a really, really good watch. Yeah. I don't know. What was it like? What, how, when did you... When did you this was a, a while ago. Yeah. This, the first one, I, there's two sets. So I did one recently, which a lot of us mm -hmm. did here in this studio. And then before I ever even had a gig with CBS, uh, they asked me, uh, Grant asked me to be a part of it. Uh, shouts and rest in peace to Grant. Uh, it's kind of bittersweet to get to see it because I, I remember this it being, was... this was like the last project he was working on before he passed. So it's bittersweet, but I'm glad that it's finished and we get to put it out and the world gets to see it. But I remember he kind of didn't want to give me too much information before walking in. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get like my raw sort of response. I'm born and raised in Newark, which is just outside of Kearney, which a lot of those original 1994 yeah. guys are from. And it, it actually reminded me watching some of these guys talk about it. Uh, I went to an event where the 94 men's team, some of the 94 men's team played some of the 99ers on the women's team who won the World Cup. And I was like, bro, that wasn't that long ago. Like, think about how early on in the journey of soccer to, the, where, to where we are now as a country. That wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. Bro, we're like yelling at these, like, 22-year-olds, like, why aren't you winning a World Cup? It's like, bro, we just got Calm here. Down. Yeah, we just got here. <laughs> and, and how, for me, the overall, the arching theme of this whole is the respect that mm. soccer needed to take those strides forward. And... Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to watch. Just prepping for the whole thing already made me exciting when, when I was interviewed. So mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine it all coming together. You looked like, great, both of you. you. Everyone. Bro, I literally got told I was going to be a part of it that morning. So thank God I had brand new sneakers out of the box. <laughs> I had pants that fit. <laughs> I had a hat that wasn't dirty. It was perfect. You look good. I will say the first words out of Alexis's mouth in this documentary yeah. is a curse word. Yeah. So. Stephanie, yeah. he's not allowed to say it here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said in the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Shouts to the editors for keeping that in. <laughs> no, it is. It's a fantastic doc. Everyone should check it out on December 11th. All right. Let's send it on over to Allie for some headlines. Good morning, Allie. Good morning. I'm so excited for this, too, because... So much of my family's history is very, like, it, it was so deeply knitted in me as a kid, like our love and passion for soccer. My great mm -hmm. uncle Altros played on those failed qualifying teams of the 70s, which oh, kind of get overlooked wow. in all of this, right? Gross. Like, Is that who you're named after? No, a lot of people <laughs> think that, though. But it is funny because I came to love soccer and actually got a chance to, like, coach with them at camps in St. Louis growing up. And This is your great uncle? Great uncle. He so played my, on the national team? Mm -hmm. The wow. OG Captain America. Hey! Wow. Midfielder, unbelievable player, Altros. even better person, but... What a great name. Sounds like yeah. he puts his hand down. It's like, I'll trust. Pleasure to meet you. <laughs> but even, like, I, I got a chance to <laughs> chat with him more about, you know, what it was like growing up and, and loving the game of soccer. Like, how did that even begin for you? Because... Back when he was a kid, it, it wasn't cool to play soccer. It was like, what are these guys uh, yeah. running around in shorts? Like, yeah. what, what, what is this, what's this all about? And, and it was actually my great-grandpa, his dad, that 
kind of introduced them to it growing up in, in South City in, in St. Louis. And then, you know, just talking to my grandpa, who also played soccer, he played on the St. Louis, St. Louis University uh, men's team collegiately and actually won like the first national title there. Um, but just said that Al was in the backyard playing every day, like wow. couldn't, you know, put the ball down. But, you know, that those failed attempts for the U.S. just made that 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 1990 like that was so much sweeter because of those failed attempts. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very they excited for that. Wow. That's so cool, Ellie. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I'm named after him. We're just going to go with that. Yep. Now on. <laughs> Own it. Well, let's get into the headlines. And we start with some Asian Champions League. Big spending Al-Hilal booked their place in the knockout rounds with a 2-0 win over Uzbekistan side Navbohor Namangan. It was tougher than expected for Al-Hilal, in part because Salim Al-Dasari missed two penalty kicks. The Saudi club, which is playing without injured Brazilian star Neymar, overcame those misses on the way to a victory that earned them a place in the round of 16. In coaching, uh, in coaching news, Ligun Said Nant is the latest European club to make a coaching change, firing Pierre Astori after a four-match winless slide dropped them to 11th place. Astori took over uh, Nant with four matches left last season and helped them avoid relegation on the final match day. According to reports in France, Jocelyn Gorvenek is expected to be hired as Nantes' new coach. In UEFA Champions League news, the controversial VAR decision at the end of PSG's win over Newcastle United yesterday led to plenty of criticism and the handling of the play that led to Kylian Mbappe's winning our penalty has cost the match's VAR official his next assignment. Polish match official Thomas Kwiatkowski referred referee Simon Marciniak to review a potential handball on Newcastle's Tino Livermento. A penalty mm. was eventually awarded, leading to Mbappe's, uh, Mbappe's penalty goal. Kwiatkowski has since been removed from his assignment as the VAR official of today's Real Sociedad FC Salzburg match. In Champions League injury news, Napoli star Victor Osiman made his return to action from a thigh injury over the weekend, but that doesn't guarantee that he will start in today's big group stage match against Real Madrid. That is according to Napoli manager Walter Mazzari, who said yesterday that Osiman is more likely to play a quarter of today's match or half. Mazzari said, quote, such an important player should not be overloaded. While Osiman is expected to play at least some role in today's group stage headline, Luka Modric will not. The Croatian midfielder is the latest name added to Real Madrid's long list of injured players after picking up a thigh injury in Real Madrid's 3-0 win over Cadiz. Modric was left off the team's roster for their group match against Napoli, joining an injury list that includes Vinny Jr., Eduardo Camavinga, and Kepa, among others. Those are your headlines. And, Suze, we've got a special guest joining us now. We sure do, Allie. Um, Charlie Davies is in Miami. He is part of the Destination Miami crew for our Champions League coverage down there. And uh, he's going to join us today. Where do we think Charlie is today? He was at a Publix. Uh, let's see, in front of a let's bunch see. of electricians. Oh! <laughs> Wait, is that, I see, okay, I'm going to guess that that is a messy mural. I just see a beard. It is. Uh -huh. It is the messy mural. The messy you mural. Can see it. It's incredible. Wow. It is. Wow. Really That's well really done. good, actually. A lot of the times, these murals, they don't get the yeah. face structure right, but this is amazing. So Spot on. on. It, it is incredible. And, and I also got to give a shout out to both Nico and Alexis because I did watch the documentary in full, and you guys were, were tremendous in it. You had a lot of great insight, um, you made it entertaining. 
and yeah, job well done. Wow, thanks. Thank you, Charlie. Have you guys seen it yet? I told you yeah. I wasn't I have lying. not seen no. it. No, <laughs> no Charlie, I'll send you a Venmo for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Charlie, tell us about your day in Miami yesterday. We watched the, the coverage. It looked like you were, were having some fun. What was your favorite part of yesterday? Uh, I think it was when Clint cooked Micah. Just <laughs> Tyreek Hill throws a pass. And Micah just ate it. I mean, but it was fun the whole day, even just tossing the ball with Clint. He, low-key, Clint is an extraordinary athlete. He's got great hands, you know, great hand-eye coordination. So we've seen he can hit hit the baseball, but now throwing passes, catching, he's a top man. So. I'm sorry, how is Clint Dempsey being the top goal scorer in U.S. men's national team history? Is that low-key that he's a good athlete? <laughs> okay, I'll throw it back at you. If you put Lionel Messi on a golf course, you put him in a baseball park, you put him on an NFL field, how do you think he would look doing those activities? What a comparison. You need to let Clint know you just compared him to Messi. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Clint is a a renaissance man. Like, I see Clint, and I'm like, all right. I'd rather not play him in sports. He's going to beat me at everything. He did. Hey, like, Charlie, like, look like, out, like, dude. Competing. <laughs> you want to help this guy park by any chance? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, man. Hey, what did you think of uh, some of the matches yesterday, specifically in Group F, the group of, of death? What was your reaction to the, the handball? It is tough to be a defender these days. In my book, that's not a handball because if any soccer player was in the Vier booth, they would look at the action of the defender. What was he trying to do in that instance? And for a defender in a box, if you aren't trying to block a shot, you're trying to move and use your arms because your arms are are really an an important part of defending because you use it to put the, the striker off balance, use it to gain an advantage, to gain position. And in this instance, he's using it to propel his body forward. He needs his arms. His arms are in a bent position. Now, if a player is taking a shot, you would expect the defender to anticipate it and put their arms behind their back or really tight to their body. And you you know that those actions are not meant to, to make your body bigger to block the ball with your hands. So in this instance, they got it completely wrong. And they have to look at these handball rules and, and come to an agreement of maybe they do need a player in there to analyze these calls because that, like Nico said, Newcastle were not the better team, but they deserved the win just because of how they gutted it out. And those are the type of stories that you love in football because it's not always the best team wins. It's not always the most talented players that score goals and do well. You have to have the element of surprise, and Newcastle deserved all three points with that gutty performance, and and I really feel for them. Charlie, speaking of element of surprise, uh, you announced a new podcast. So you've got your 15th job, which is amazing. Congratulations. Uh, what's it called again? Call me whenever you want. What's the name of it again? <laughs> Call me maybe. <laughs> Call me what you want. <laughs> you excited, dude? You know, I have to give a shout out to Heath Pierce because he was on the original podcast with me and Jimmy. And we built a, a great community. Um, a lot of, of supporters would, would tune into what we had to say after U.S. Men's National Team matches, prepping U.S. Men's National Team matches. Also, just talking about some of the the Yanks abroad, right? And so now Jesse Marsh comes in and, and we know what Jesse is as a coach, what he aspires to be. But ultimately, this is going to be fun. 
We want it to be fun. We want it to be, you know, one of those you know podcasts that you can tune into to learn something new, but also do it in a, a fun, organic way. So I'm super excited. It's been missed. We always had some some great segments, but this this should be special. Well, we can't wait, Charlie. Um, hey, have fun. I think we might check back in with you. Is that okay? Wait till you see what I'm at going to next. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I love, I love Charlie's dancing. <laughs> Is it a chiropractor? Charlie, Charlie. All right, Chuck, we'll see you in a bit. Thanks so much. Uh, we're going to dive further into yesterday's Champions League results when we return. Stay with us, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the UEFA Champions League. And it's going to be quite a night. Deflected. Overlay! Is that the goal that takes Lazio into the knockout stages? And it'll fall in and over the top and into the back of the net. Sensational goal! Lovely feet, marvellous, marvellous goal. The dancing feet to level the game for City. Shitty through the heart of that PSG defence. But Rubens parried it out, Newcastle lead. If they win here, it will be one of the greatest victories in their history. Welcome back. Champions League match day five kicked off yesterday. Here's a look at Tuesday's results. We had four more teams punching their ticket to the round of 16. Atletico Madrid is one of them with a 3-1 win over Feyenoord. Lazio also moving on after a 2-0 win over Celtic. Uh, we chatted about Borussia Dortmund. 3-1 over AC Milan there in as well. And Barcelona take care of business. 2-1 over Porto. Uh, let's chat Barcelona because yesterday we had a conversation about them. And Lo, I don't know if you agree we're kind of it hasn't been great for Barcelona this year and we were kind of it's it's not terrible but it's also not what we've come to expect from from this side but for them this result was uh, massively important for them um what have you kind of made of the way Barcelona have been playing so far this season I mean I couldn't agree more with that and for them to go down in the beginning of the game you're like well here we go again this is what's happening but Jows. It's the game of Jows, right? Really they is. crushed it. And for me, obviously, both the first go, Jow, Cancelo getting that. As a defender, you can't do anything about that. As a keeper, you got to defend your near post. And he just finished it. But Jow Felix, for me, was the man of the match because he just believed. He, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, kept missing. But then he came back and of all his attempts, that was the classiest of all of them. Obviously, it's not top 10 goals of the year, but 
that was so classy. It takes so much skill and it just shows how much he's matured, I think, and grown into who he's going to be as a player in his full career. And I, I, he was the man of the match for me. And there's a lot of storylines here with both Joao's, right? Joao Cancelo scored an assistant for the first time in his career in a Champions League game, and it's against Porto. He's a former Benfica man. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you'd want to do that against Porto. You know, we've seen Joao Cancelo show up for big matches. This was, for him, a big match, probably. And for Joao Felix, who had been dropped by Benfica and picked up by, uh, by Porto, to all of a sudden have an incredible game is incredible. But to talk about Joao Cancelo, the most duels won in the match, most touches in the opponent's box, most su successful take-ons in the match, most chances created in the, mass, in the match, most tackles, most goal involvements in the match, equaling the, the most goals and assists because it was only one. It was absolutely a massive game for Joao Cancelo. And it's... It's striking to see when it all sort of fell apart with him at City, goes to Bayern, doesn't exactly work out. He ends up at Barcelona, and then you're wondering, is he still going to be that same player? But he still finds a way to find that next level. Can he do this consistently and be that guy for Barcelona? It's probably the only question left. Joao Felix was dropped by Porto in his youth career. And, Did I say and, it backwards? Yeah, for, and, my bad. And yeah. picked up by for being Benfica. too skinny. Yeah, yeah, for being Since too when? skinny. Yeah. Since when is that an issue? Thank yeah. you for correcting me. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I mean, the price tag from Benfica to, to Atletico Madrid was incredible, right? And mm -hmm. he, has, he still hasn't lived up to expectations, obviously. At Barcelona, everywhere that he's gone afterwards, there have been moments that he has shined. Moments that he has shined. Yeah. Even in Chelsea, the first game, remember the first game he played for Chelsea? Lights out, and then yeah. you get a red card. And after that, it was never the same, right? But you saw hints of, okay, this kid's good. I mean, for, for some reason, Atletico Madrid saw an 100-plus million euro value in this kid. Um, I but, was in the, I was at, uh, what is that, Meadowlands, or now it's, uh, what is it, MetLife, when uh, Real Madrid played Barca in that preseason, and Joao I'm not I'm sorry, Atletico Madrid played uh, Barca. I forget who they played. Nonetheless, he lit it up. Joao yeah. Felix looked incredible in that match. And I was like, 100 million, of course. And he's, then for that to not come to fruition, you were like, damn. He's a skillful player. And, and Cholo Simeone has spoken about Joao Felix. Mind you, he's still on loan from, from Atletico Madrid. And if anything, for Atletico Madrid, it's great that he's playing well because they just want more value off of a very expensive commodity that they picked up. And he has spoken a lot about the freedom and the attacking football that Barcelona plays, which is different to Atletico Madrid. You need to go where you feel comfortable. And clearly, Joao Felix is feeling much more comfortable at Barcelona than he did either at Chelsea or at Atletico Madrid. This is the closest version that we saw of Joao Felix at Benfica, and he's not even there yet. I still think he has much to show. For example... They play Atletico Madrid next, and now that I think about it, I don't know if Spain has that you're on loan, we can't play can't against a team that has loaned you out. Um, we'll figure it out soon. Nonetheless, for Barcelona as a whole, that will be a litmus test. I swear Barcelona really is playing against this very hot and informed Atletico Madrid. Mm. Uh, well, with the win, Barcelona uh, will be advancing to the round of 16. Let's take a look at the standings in Group H. Here they are. Barcelona on top with 12 points, followed by Porto. Shakhtar Donetsk get the 1-0 win yesterday over Antwerp. And with that result, basically kept their hopes alive. And these are the scenes from the end of the match. And you just see what it means. Lo, put yourself in, in those players' shoes. What are those moments like when you work so hard? And it's, it, the, the dream is still alive. I just got the chills. And I know earlier I said I'm not a true fan of any real team. Sure. But this, like, you want to fight for this team, right? Just look 
what it means to them. It means so much. It looks freezing as well. Like the studio. Yeah. Yes. They get a result there. They're super happy. They they're inspired. They want to keep going, you know, so that as a player you feel for that and can relate to it. Very, very cool. It's crazy. I mean, just the fact that Shakhtar is able to stay competitive the way that they have. In fact, that they're probably more competitive than they have been in recent past. They're back to that Shakhtar of Dark Horse. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe let's not face them in, in the knockout stage. They're playing with something else. Mind you, they're a country that's been at war yeah. for the last, I don't know, how many months at this point. More than a year, the Russian invasion. Over a year, well over a year. year. And this so, game took place in Hamburg. I mean, right. not, they can't even mm -hmm. be near Still their home. even a home yet. Yeah. Constantly displaced. And for people who think that's the only displacement, they play their home games. They've been playing their home games in Europe when they could play them in Ukraine. In Kiev, they're from Donetsk, from a different oblast. They, because of the war at the border in Donetsk, mm -hmm. they haven't been even been able to play in their home stadium in, in Europe. So now add the component of, okay, now we can't even play in Ukraine. And this is, this is a victory for the Ukrainian people. The manager said it posted. Yeah, really, really cool to see those scenes at the end of the game. Um, all right, let's uh, transition over to Group E. Manchester City, huh? Ooh! There was a saved, moment there. Saved it. There saved was a it moment for, there. for late. Uh, they went down, the yeah. <laughs> went down <laughs> early in this match against Leipzig, but found three goals late in the game to get the 3-2 win. They had already qualified for the round of 16, but uh, they will win the group. And here's a look at those three goals for Manchester City. I mean, what a comeback. I, look, if there's any team that has the ability and the players and the skill and the coach and, you know, the momentum, it's Manchester City. When it was down 2-0, I got a text from a friend who said, did Suze bet on Manchester City? Which is absolutely incredible. Shouts to the, the legend that is now following you, Suze. It's, so, it's so perfect. spot on. Yeah, shouts to Charlie. I wasn't Suze even mad. Text. I was like, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Suze, you right. hit your bet. I did, week. I yeah. did. Now the pressure You're turning well. it over. You're oh, turning it around. I, I will say Erling Holland uh, became what? Uh, he hit 40 goals faster than any other uh, player in UECL's history yeah. and younger. 23 years and 130 days. He's, he's one goal away at 23 years old from tying a city legend, Kunawero, in total goals in, in the Champions League. He has... He's already he's already surpassed his city total, but given Erling Holland's all of his clubs. But soon... He'll be City's highest goal scorer in, in Champions League history. On an open market, how much crazy. do you think he goes for? Because he was bought for 68 it, When you million? look at it now, it's like 63? a mad bargain. <laughs> One million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> how much? Hundred billion dollars. How much, honestly, do you think he would go for on an open market right now? I would say north of 200. He'd have to. He'd be 250, Like, right? imagine, name, obviously, Ney is... Right. Well, he's the Mitigated most expensive player. Right, but well. he's, he is the most expensive player. 222 million. Like, if state-owned clubs got into a bidding war for Holland, which is like, yeah, oh, okay, oh here, have, have $100 million. Right. Like, We're going to need that paper for the next yeah. second, by the way. <laughs> but uh, what if, if, like, North Korea United FC decide they wanted to buy yeah. a player, they're probably the only one who could afford it, how much would they pay Erling Holland? They have to be, like, 250, 250 million euros, I'll say. Stupid money. Ridiculous. Stupid money. Are, are they are they the clear favorites in Champions League, being the the reigning champs and, and just Bayern. the way that they're? That, you, who would you give the edge to, though? 
I'm curious. Right now, Manchester City. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Because Bayern has a Tottenham player. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Good but come on. Good also, one. City just won, and it, I haven't seen anything that tells me no, I they're know. not going to be the team that, that wins again. There's Who's going to knock them off their perch? Bayern is the closest. I thought maybe PSG would you know, sort of unite and come together. But as we saw, they don't really have what it takes, I don't think, yeah. to knock a city off their perch. Bayern is the only one who can. Mm. <sighs> Manchester City has Kyle Walker on their team. That's from Spurs. He's been, so. he's been, he's been uh, he's, cleansed he's of that. Cleansed <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. won enough trophies right. at this point. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Luka Modric was also on Real Madrid. He yeah. won enough. Good, it, just, it feels like when we talk stop. about favorites to win the Champions League, what happens if, well, won't happen anymore. But City and Bayern not meet in the round of 16, but meet in quarterfinals. Then, like, sure, we could say City, but anything can happen. And then We're still in the group stage. We can have that conversation. Yeah. We're allowed. Let's have fun. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Let's have fun. Deep. Speaking of fun, uh, we're going to chat the MLS Best 11 when we return after a short break. Spoiler alert, Roger Espinosa was robbed. <laughs> yeah. And now robbed. he's me. <laughs> <laughs> Bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. 